Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The latest from 7 News with Angela Cox. Good evening and welcome. Welcome. Breaking tonight. Crisis talks underway. Melbourne on high alert. COVID cases and exposure sites increased tonight. Sydney's lockdown extended. Testing lines lengthen. And a positive pregnant woman sparks a hospital emergency. The new push to find Peter Falconio's remains 20 years after his murder. And Harry and Meghan's Emmy nomination as Scientology rumours swirl. But as we go to air, the situation in Victoria is rapidly changing tonight with 11 cases spread across two separate clusters and a scramble to trace thousands of footy fans who attended the MCG. Estelle Greerpink is live outside Parliament House for us tonight in Melbourne. Estelle, crisis talks are underway there. What can you tell us? Well, Ange, the latest that we know is the Herald Sun is now reporting that masks will be made mandatory once again indoors from 11.59 tonight. We also know the state government has been discussing whether or not to reintroduce restrictions on things like venue capacity limits and also at-home visits. This is obviously not what any Victorian wants to hear. We've been through this so many times before, but with the sheer volume of information that's been coming out over the last 12 hours, it isn't entirely unexpected, and now we're being told to brace ourselves for a significant announcement as early as tomorrow morning. Now, Ange, this all comes as information comes to light from the Department of Health about two schools that have been linked to these new cases. They are Barwon Heads Primary School and Backers Marsh Grammar School. Both of those schools have been closed for cleaning and students have been told to stay at home. We know with Backers Marsh Grammar School, it's a teacher who has tested positive and they were at a staff development day on Monday with up to 200 staff members. It means that virtually all the staff at the school now have to self-isolate and students have to stay home. The good news is, is that students didn't come into contact with this teacher today or yesterday. But the bad news is it appears from reports that that teacher may have already passed on the virus to two of their family members. We saw massive lines outside testing centres today. Some wait times were up to three hours once again. So not only will Victorians be waiting to hear whether restrictions are coming back in tomorrow, but also just how many case numbers we'll wake up to tomorrow, Ange. Now, so one state has already shut its border to Victoria. It has, Ange, and that is Western Australia. They've got their hard border back on, and that means that if you're Victorian and you travel to Western Australia, you will need to isolate for 14 days. But Western Australia isn't the only state that is making moves to try and stop any potential spread from here in Melbourne. South Australia has announced that from midnight tonight, if you are a Victorian and you travel to South Australia, you will need to get a test within 24 hours. Ange? A lot happening tonight there. Thank you so much, Estelle. Let's go now to AFL reporter Tom Brown. Tom, with the MCG now listed as an exposure site and WA's borders shut, what does that mean for the 2021 season? 
Ange, it presents tonight as the AFL's worst nightmare and exposure side of the MCG, but Gil McLaughlin, speaking this afternoon, sort of insisted, as far as he was concerned, at this stage, it's business as usual. Now, the MCG, a Tier 1 site for about 25 or so spectators around a positive case during Carlton and Geelong on Saturday afternoon. That case on Level 2 of the MCC, the members' stand. Now, there's about 2,000 further Level 2, Tier 2 cases. They've been told to immediately isolate and get tested. The entire stadium, a Level 3 site, people have to get tested if they've got any symptoms. The main implications tonight are for Geelong. They've just landed in Perth at about 6pm earlier Eastern time and had to go to their hotel immediately, told to isolate pending further instructions. They're due to play Fremantle tomorrow night in Perth. At this stage, that game is right to go ahead, but it will depend on all those players getting negative tests and passing those as per WA protocols before that game. But again, it's a difficult issue. For example, some of their families, I'm told tonight, were watching from that Level 2 affected area, the Tier 2 space, and are waiting on negative results themselves tonight back here in Melbourne. It's pretty complicated. The AFL has also spoken today regarding protocols. Expect those to get tightened for players in coming days in line with the traffic light system. They're also trying to get families of the Sydney and Giants players down to Melbourne, hotels or possibly private accommodation so they can reunite with their players. A lot of the families, in particular the wives and partners, doing it tough at the moment. Sounds like a logistical nightmare. Now, will there be crowds this weekend? Gil McLaughlin is optimistic there will be crowds this weekend at this stage. The Victorian government hasn't altered that position tonight. Obviously, all the players have to get tested negative, the Victorian ones, in coming days as a precaution. It will depend on further instances of exposure and positive cases from the G in coming days. I wouldn't be surprised if crowds are reduced, Ange, but obviously that's a wait and see at this stage. The crowds have already been negatively impacted this season by COVID. A lot of people are clearly worried about going to the games, and this is an example why. They've been soft, so it's affecting the AFL's bottom line, club's bottom lines, but clearly tonight the idea is to keep the game going and at this stage everything's go a go for this weekend, but clearly it's a very fluid situation tonight depending on these positive tests. Yes, indeed. Okay, thanks so much, Tom. Fairfield in Sydney is enduring another evening of gridlock traffic and long queues at the 24-hour testing clinic. Serena and Deloro is live for us at the testing site now. Serena, another very frustrating night for people just trying to do the right thing. That's right, much the same as yesterday, and cars queuing up around the block for the 24-hour testing clinic here in Fairfield, and many, far too many, have been turned away. It comes after new rules were introduced today, uh, making it mandatory for everyone here in Fairfield who leaves the suburb for essential work to be tested every three days. Now, that health order was supposed to come into force today, but... Uh, it didn't last long. The government was forced to backflip and push it back to Saturday at admission that there are not enough resources out here. Now, a very prominent community leader, Dr Jamal Reefy, a very prominent leader in the southwest, he has released a video showing a man in intensive care with COVID-19. Let me just show you a little bit of that. Uh, للجيلي لحتى انتو يعني يوصلكم وتتأكدوا انه الموضوع الموضوع منو مزحم بدن 
Now, this is a very multicultural part of Sydney. Many accusing the government of failing to communicate with communities out here. But this video, it really does bring the message home. It really does. Now, Serena, a pregnant woman in Sydney has tested positive, unknowingly exposing healthcare workers. What more do we know about this? Yeah, and that woman was booked in for a caesarean section at Liverpool Hospital. I spoke to the health minister not long ago. He says that yesterday she tested uh, negative and today tested positive. He's also moved to reassure us all that the hospital, every ward that she's visited, have been deep cleaned and all of her close contacts in the hospital have been tested and are in isolation. Now, the hospital continues to operate. I can also tell you, 7 News understands, the number of cases tomorrow is um, understood to be going down. So we'll, we'll hopefully be seeing fewer cases here in Sydney tomorrow. Fingers crossed. That sounds promising. OK, thank you, Serena. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Experts believe the recent outbreaks in New South Wales and Victoria are motivating people to get vaccinated. 33.7% of Australians over 16 have had one dose and over 12% are fully vaccinated. The national vaccine rollout passed 9.4 million doses yesterday, an increase of 165,000. I'm joined now by infectious diseases expert Professor Robert Boy. Let's talk about what's happening in Victoria. How concerned are you about the cases there? Is it time for restrictions in Victoria? I don't think it's time for restrictions, but it is time to throw the contact traces and the uh, testing um, at large levels again at the problem. There's only a, a still really a handful, under 10 people who are infected. It is worrying that they went to the MCG, but Transmission in an openly uh, well-ventilated place tends to be very low, so I don't expect too much to happen there. Uh, however, in houses and in units where people have been in close contact in the corridors and we are seeing secondary cases, that's a concern, and that's why they need to do a local lockdown on that um, facility. In terms of Sydney's outbreak, we've seen chaotic scenes at Fairfield with mandatory testing on essential workers. Some people have been waiting up to eight hours trying to get a test. Is this a realistic strategy to contain this outbreak? Is there a better way? Yeah, there's a better way. People need to go and get tested in other places in Fairfield. There are testing centres all over the place. Travel for 20 or 30 minutes and you can go to a place where the, the queue is really short. Why are we still not using those rapid at-home testing that they're using in the UK? They have been for months. Why don't we do that in Australia? Well, they're clearly now under close consideration with the changing circumstances. Fairfield has taught us some more lessons and the uh, antigen tests may only be 50 to 70% sensitive, so they can miss quite a few cases. The New South Wales Premier has said, again, the important number that we have to watch is how many people are infectious while they're in the community. Does that need to get to zero before lockdown ends? 
It needs to be zero or one. It really needs to be as low as uh, at all possible. If it's one, you could always have another uh, bushfire lit up again. So Sydney has just had lockdown extended by another two weeks. Do you think it's going to be extended again? Can we get it under control in that fortnight? Well, it's two and a half weeks from now, and I've, I'm ever hopeful. Uh, I think the measures being taken are increasingly uh, effective. We're seeing the flattening of the curve. We've had three days in a row around about 100. If we can keep going tomorrow and the day after, I'll be really quite hopeful. A lot of people saying they need to do what Melbourne did, a curfew, masks as soon as you leave the house, all non-essential shops closed. What do you think? Well, they're ratcheting up every couple of days. So we have to give time for uh, a change in the approach to um, to take effect. It takes five, six, seven days to see the effect of a new change. Robert, we've seen inside an ICU ward today here in Sydney with people young and old fighting for their lives with COVID. Are you surprised by how many young people are in ICU with this Delta variant? If you look at the proportion of people in their 20s and 30s are catching it, it is quite high. Of those, the people who get it severely is really still a tiny fraction. Do you think those pictures, were, which are quite confronting, will encourage more people to get vaccinated? It is a motivating factor. Fear does motivate, as does the joy and the uh, hopefulness of getting through all this and getting back to a normal life. Both things are important, but it is a strong motivator to see people in intensive care and to worry that they might even be dying from it. OK, well, thank you, as always, for your expertise, Professor Robert Boy. Pleasure. The Prime Minister has hit back at accusations he's playing favourites after Victorian officials responded angrily to the package of financial support for New South Wales. Here's Scott Morrison. Last year, when Victoria went through that terrible lockdown for many months, the federal government was pumping in some three quarters of a billion dollars every single week over the many months of that lockdown. Victoria needed our help then and the people of Australia were there to support them. The same is true now in New South Wales. And I can assure you that if any other state found itself in the situation that New South Wales is now in, then we'd be providing that same support. Let's bring in Taylor Aiken in Canberra for us this evening. Taylor, the Prime Minister's had to walk a very delicate line here. Very much so, and not wanting to add fuel to the escalating war of words with Victoria. But he did dismiss accusations that the federal government has ignored Victorians as nonsense. This verbal slanging match following the announcement workers in lockdown areas of Sydney would be able to access increased COVID-19 disaster payments, as well as a joint state-funded payment for businesses that can show a 30% decline in turnover. But the Victorian government says that that's a double standard, saying it had to beg for support from the federal government, all while accusing Scott Morrison of being the Prime Minister for New South Wales, also taking a swipe at New South Wales' gold standard contact tracing tagline. Take a listen. We've spent a year hearing about gold standard, uh, and now it's gone from gold standard to gold-plated support, um, while Victorian businesses and workers um, had, to, you know, had to stack on an absolute turn to get any support from the Commonwealth during the, the, the last lockdown. However, it must be said that that lockdown in Melbourne only lasted a fortnight. The Prime Minister arguing the new financial supports are for lockdowns that extend beyond two weeks, adding the rescue package will be a template that can be applied nationally if other states find themselves having to impose a COVID-19 lockdown. Ange? OK, Taylor Aiken, thank you. 
An Adelaide court has heard a 25-year-old forgot he was disqualified from driving before crashing into a young woman in her driveway in March. Sean Kennedy's legs and ribs were broken and she says her mental health has suffered. Accused of driving drunk without a licence, Elliot McVicker will be sentenced next month. The truck driver serving 18 years for killing four Victorian police officers on the Eastern Freeway has spoken publicly about the horror crash for the first time. Mohinder Singh told a court he took ice several times daily. He also gave evidence about his boss, Simon Tutera, who is facing four counts of manslaughter among 70 charges. And 20 years after British backpacker Peter Falconio went missing in Alice Springs, Northern Territory, police are renewing their appeal to find his body. Bradley Murdoch was convicted of killing him in 2005, but refuses to reveal where he disposed of Falconio's remains. Today, police called for new information to give his family closure. The Blues didn't manage a clean sweep in State of Origin, losing the third and final game to Queensland 20-18. to 18. Georgie Chumley is there and she joins us live from the Gold Coast. Georgie, what happened? Andrew, we may have lost the series, but Pride in Queensland certainly is restored, as you said, after that beautiful win here in Queensland. There are some very excited fans. 30,000 of them watched the game here at Seabus Station at Rabina. And it was a great game to watch New South Wales handing us over the win in the last few minutes when Latrell Mitchell missed that final penalty goal. So, yes, some very happy Queenslanders here tonight. Yeah, sounds like it, Georgie. Now, Queensland is really rolling out the red carpet for the NRL with 12 teams arriving there. But not everyone is enjoying the same treatment. That's right. Well, there are hundreds of now NRL and officials and players here in Queensland with families soon to follow. But there have been calls that there are double standards. Eloise Wellings, a long-distance former Olympic runner, has said that she thinks that there are double standards because there are a number of athletes that weren't given exemptions to go to a cans, a, can, a buckle in cans before Tokyo Olympics. And saying they haven't been able to adequately prepare. Meanwhile, as I said, hundreds of players, officials and now family members of NRL will be able to come here and uh, establish themselves in those NRL hubs for up to or for one month minimum, but up to three months in Queensland. Georgie, can I just say congratulations? You handled that superbly. I hope those boys <laughs> leave you alone. Thanks so much. The first funerals have been held for the victims of the COVID hospital inferno in Iraq that killed at least 92 people. It thought faulty wiring sparked a fire and an oxygen tank exploded. More than 100 people were injured. Indonesia has recorded its highest increase in COVID cases with 47,000 infections in one day and hospitals struggling to cope. Around 800 people are dying every day from the Delta variant. Many patients are being treated in hospital car parks or sent home to die because there are simply no beds available. And Pope Francis has arrived back at the Vatican after leaving hospital. The 84-year-old pontiff had planned surgery to remove part of his colon 10 days ago. He was seen greeting well wishes near the gates of the Vatican. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. More than 72 people have died as riots in South Africa spiral out of control. CNN correspondent David McKenzie is in Johannesburg's Alexandra Township. David, anger about former President Jacob Zuma being jailed has turned to anarchy there. Well, that's right. In at least two provinces, there's been looting, Angela, and certain general unrest. At this hour, that looting is ongoing, uh, though in this part of the country it has calmed down somewhat. We were just in a large shopping mall south of the city here in Johannesburg, completely gutted. For many hours, the police were barely on the scene. Later, the military was deployed by the president to try and ease the tension. This all stems originally from the fact that uh, president, former President Jacob Zuma was imprisoned for contempt, anger from his supporters. But then it's just spiraled into something else, just a general looting uh, driven, I think, by the huge income inequality in this country. Angela? And how are authorities planning on getting the situation under control? Well, most of the attempts have been at this stage, I think, successful when the military comes in. It's one thing dealing with rubber bullets and tear gas, Angela, but when there are soldiers with live ammunition in automatic rifles, that certainly makes a large difference. Throughout yesterday, they were running battles here in Gauteng province, in KwaZulu-Natal. At times, ordinary citizens took it upon themselves to protect their malls, their homes. A very scary situation in these two provinces. There is a bit of a sense it might be calming down at this point, but at, it's certainly too early to tell. And as I said, still looting going on right now, many days after it started. Angela? Well, thank you so much for your time, David. Australia's supermarket industry may have a new competitor on its hands as Aldi prepares to step things up with a $1.3 billion boost. Network finance editor Gemma Acton joins me now. Gemma, what does Aldi have planned and are the competitors worried? Oh, and it has lots of ideas. Uh, today it launched Corner Store, which was its answer effectively to Woolworths Metro and Coles Local Store. So a smaller format, really focused on convenience, lots of grab-and-go meals, a bakery, juice bar, coffee bar. And they're really targeting commuters. So this is going to be in inner city and suburbs. And we've seen the success of the Woolworths and Coles format. Yes, they're struggling a bit with less people in the cities, mm. but both companies are really looking to keep pushing that out. And now Aldi's joining the fray as well. Now, in addition to that, uh, Aldi is also investing more than a billion dollars into technology and its distribution centres. Amazingly, Aldi only came to the online shopping trend in May of this year and in a really small tentative way, just offering some exclusive offers online. But they said they've got great feedback from that and now they're looking to uh, check what other areas to expand into, potentially groceries we don't know yet. Mm -hmm. But it's really matching what the bigger players are doing. They've obviously been pushing online shopping for a while now. They've been upgrading their distribution centres as well. Um, so all in the name of cost savings and convenience, really, for customers. So good news in terms of yeah. optionality for us. Shaking things up. And Woolworths is taking a risk with alternative meat. Yeah, so this has been a growing trend for the last couple of years and certainly forecast to 
become increasingly so. Credit Suisse, the investment bank, thinks that the plant-based foods market is going to grow 100-fold in the next 30 years. Admittedly from quite a small base, but it has got a lot of investment going into it. Now, go into any supermarket at the moment and you will see a really expanded range of vegan and vegetarian options, a lot of them plant-based alternatives. Mm. Woolworths certainly has that. What they're doing with this new venture is uh, investing in a company that supplies those plant-based meats to food producers. So not going directly to customers, not something you can buy off a Woolworths shelf, but it's just another demonstration about how seriously Woolworths is taking this market. Okay, thanks Jim. Thanks Ange. There are reports Tom Cruise has set his sights on a potential royal recruit for the Church of Scientology. Ross King joins us from Glasgow. Ross, who is it? <laughs> well, if you believe the rumours, it's Meghan Markle. And, but of course, we like to try and separate fact from fiction. And, you know, as you and I who've been in the news business for quite some time, we always like to say sometimes, could it be a bit of a slow time? You know, it's summertime and all the rest of it. But the rumours are going around. And now these rumours have been around for a long time. This goes back way over a year as well, that Tom Cruise, very passionate about his religion, would love to have Meghan Markle as part of Scientology. Now, of course, we know that they've been in the news so much again of late, and so I think this just completely fuels the rumours that we're hearing. Tom himself is actually over here in the UK. Uh, on Sunday, he actually managed to be in three places almost at the one time. He was at Wimbledon, he was at Goodwood, and then he was there for the finals of the Euro Championships as well. It would be a good get for Scientology, obviously, uh, to have a royal there too. There have been talks in the past that, you know, they were chatting about doing a movie together. So it's been going on for quite some time. And, of course, there's the Oprah connection because Tom is very friendly with Oprah. And, of course, we know that Meghan is best pals with Oprah. So um, I think we have to say at the moment just rumours and possibly not a lot of truth in this one. Yeah, there are a lot of dots you have to connect there. <laughs> um, the Aussies have missed out in this year's list of Emmy nominations, but speaking of Meghan, Prince Harry and Meghan have made the cut. Well, that's it. Talking of titles, and they're always saying, are they going to have their titles taken away? Are they going to get new titles? People saying they're Emmy nominees now for that special that they did with Oprah. Uh, I think the simple fact of the matter is, even if it wins because it's in the outstanding special, they themselves won't actually get the Emmys. But then again, when your best friend is Oprah, you know, you never know. She'll get one specially made for you. That whole idea of that bombshell interview, which is still going around the world, we're still talking about it. There are 20,000 members of the Emmy voting academy and so it's a good time for the crown as in the show not so much the royals no. themselves although you know there's a little bit of that as well Twenty-five thousand members so i will speak to each one of them personally Ange, and say why are the aussies not there yeah exactly i think so okay <laughs> thanks so much ross <laughs> thank you now Gemma acton's back with a look at the markets Thanks, Andrew. Our local share markets have bucked the negativity that pervaded major regional markets today, with Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index still bruised by concerns over an ongoing mainland government crackdown on Chinese technology giants. All eyes in the US on Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell's testimony before Congress tonight. Traders will be watching for any clues as to the central bank's thinking following last night's stronger-than-expected consumer prices report. And oil may have steadied, but it is not making much headway now. That's despite a short-lived jump after new data showed dwindling global supplies. And the Aussie dollar continues to sag, dropping further back towards 74 US cents. And thank you for your company this evening from the team here at 7 News. That is the latest. I'm Angela Cox. Good night.